Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Thanks again for joining us. We are so happy that you're taking some time with us today to listen into Restored and Remarried and all that other jazz about how to encourage relationships, marriages, long-term loving relationships. <laughs> to where kind we of give mushy you, there. Yeah, go. Yeah, I'm looking at you. That's why I'm having a hard time concentrating. So that we can pass along to you Tips, tools, and tingles. This whole tingle thing, this is uh, this is new. I'm not sure what to do with this tingle thing. It's it's my new jingle. It's t- new jingle tingle. It, it, it ting- <laughs> yes, it, it rhymes with tingle in so far as tops uh, tips and tips and tools. So today, uh, Brenda, why don't you? Uh, you know, I'm going to flip a coin. Who's going to introduce this topic today? So okay. heads or tails, it's you, and and heads or tails, it's me. So blink. There we go. You, it's heads. It's yours. You okay. you introduce what we're doing today. That was just enthralling. I love yeah, the whole, I, you, yeah. Could you see the visual of the the coin flying through the air and landing on my hand? And yeah, stop it's me, riveting. Please. It's okay, just, I let's can't move help on. myself. <laughs> today we're going to talk about. This is going to be part one in a two part series. Two parts. Two part. Yeah, we're moving That's up in so the world. That's so sophisticated. Yeah, we have a lot to say on this subject. Yes, so, we do. This is all about catchphrases or catch, catch words, words terms. or terms. Yeah, we use those kind of words interchangeably, but we have found that early on in our relationship, we would just have conflict that would just come out of the the craziest things and we were still trying to get to know each other and work with the kids and you know, you understand all the moving parts. And uh, we were able to come up with some of these catchphrases that after we experienced the conflict and the craziness in the situation. Don't want to do that again. No. No. You, I think most of these came from you, Gil, that you were able to label it. Yeah, because for guys, especially when we're dealing with the women in our lives, we love you, but sometimes you confuse the heck out of us because emotionally... There's all this tingling stuff going on, and we are—we don't understand you. But if we can get it a, a common language or a label on a particular issue that is emotionally charged, then we can conquer it. But if I don't know what it is, then not only does it throw me off, but it then allows more conflict to, to just turn over. So this actually reduces some of the conflicts that way you know the term is labeled the situation is labeled we don't have to rehash it we can get on with life and i can get back to watching football right and i think looking at all these there's there's eight phrases we're going to share we're going to share four today and four next time and they're all things that are from the past that are impacting the present. Okay, yeah. So when somebody says, oh, my past doesn't affect what's going on now. Well, Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, huh? it yeah. sure does. So let's just dive in, and I'll give you an example. 
And, uh, and one other thing, too, even though we're naming these catchphrases, we really encourage couples to be able to name their own because your relationship is special to you and you have specific, you know, words that you use yeah, together. Unique, unique or experiences or food things. Food yeah. or songs or something that makes you smile or right. it's like something really important happened on the waterfront, so you would name it the waterfront, something like that. Right, so, right. That so, or if it's a special food, you can have a food fight or something like that rather than a word fight because food you can eat, words are much harder to swallow. swallow. Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. So the first catchphrase, just to give you kind of a scenario of what happened really quick, uh, we were on our first family little getaway. It was a couple months into the marriage, and you know, we had out of our seven kids, five of them were preteens and teens, and they were all living together. The two older, Gil's two older sons were out on their own. So we had a, a our first little family vacation getaway and um, all, having lots of fun getting to the where our end landing place. Yeah, yeah, we're headed up to a lake. And or it something. just really hit me out of the blue. I was just very upset and emotional and didn't know why. And then finally realized that I had to admit to myself that I missed my previous family with my first husband and just my nuclear family. And to be able to share that with Gil, I felt guilty that I shouldn't feel this way because I love him. I like his kids and why I was very confused. So, well, yeah, I could see you getting more and more distant. I see I could see yeah. something was bothering you. And it was like, what did I do? What better worse yet? What did one of my kids do? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, whoa, I, I could see something brewing, but I didn't know what it was. And you were getting more and more distant and more irritable. It yeah. Like, and it was there was conflict. So, yeah, I was like, us. what's with you? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I had to kind of take you. In- <laughs> yeah. What's with you i had to take an inventory myself to say what is going on with me Uh you know and when i realized kind of grieving the loss of my last family in this situation i was in and oh my gosh if i share this with gil how is he going to react so i shared it with you and you were very empathetic and i think you were kind of relieved that it Really had well, yeah, I was relieved because then I realized it was not me, not one of my kids. I no. was off the hook. It was yeah. not my problem. This was your issue. It had nothing to do with you. Yeah, thank yeah. goodness. I, I was, I was yeah. clear. It was yeah. good. It was good. But you really gave me a safe place to be able to say this hard stuff that yeah. even it even surprised me. Well, it was going to get ugly if you didn't start sharing with me. So when you shared that with me, it was like, okay, not only is that relief, but it was like it was off of you. Mm-hmm. But it was like, these came frequently and, you know, more frequently towards like when we labeled it as a sneaker wave Mm -hmm. then as things progressed through our relationship in the first few years of our remarriage and step family we could say hey i just got nailed by a sneaker wave today and we didn't have to explain what it was all about it was different each situation was different but we knew that it was something from the past that was impacting our relationship and how we were relating to one another. Yeah. Is that kind of Yeah, it was it was a game changer because it just it brought defenses down. It brought empathy. It's like, okay, realize this is like if you're having a sneaker wave, this is your thing, not my thing. So what because I love you, what can I do to come alongside you to help you walk through it? Well, especially if you're at the at the ocean and you get hit by a sneaker wave, you didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And worse yet, if that sneaker wave not only knocked you face first into the sand and also was carrying a log that was a couple tons, (laughs) that log could really wipe you out and wipe out the the relationship. So, you know, helping one another understand, hey, I just got hit by a sneaker wave, 
could really be, you know, picking the, the, the sand out of one another's teeth as well as understanding that this really rolled over you emotionally and really hurt. Yeah. And I think it really brought strength to our relationship because it's almost like we had each other's back on this because we were listening to each other. So. Yeah. 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 What's another, another, another term uh, kind of grew out of another story of where uh, you were off for some lunch date with somebody uh, and, and I misconstrued it as some kind of a rendezvous. And because in my former relationship, I was told, hey, I'm just going to coffee. But I found out later that it was not just coffee. And uh, so that really, you know, laid a, a very bare wire for me. It was tied to something that was said to me, which a bare wire in, in counseling speak has a lot to do with attachment wounds. And so I was really wounded. So when you told me that you were out for coffee and I found out that it was, you know, with a guy and then I was like, whoa, all of a sudden things went off in me. And I was like, what is going on? Because I trusted you. But what was going on was related to the past in my past life. But I didn't know that because you became distant. And then I was like, well, what's your problem? Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. and, <laughs> and you here know, we it, go. it was a passing comment made while we were out with the family at an event. And, you know, you just make this passing comment. And as the evening wore on, I just got more and more irritated. I actually just didn't want anything to do with you by the end of the evening. I was just not engaged with anybody. I was ticked off at you mm-hmm. by one little thing that you said, but you had no idea what you said was doing that and, and had that impact on me because it plucked that that bare wire just like it was full of current mm-hmm. with electricity going through. It was like, whoa, that hurts. And then I had to explain to you what, what happened. And then later you told me what the situation was. Yeah, because... and. I'm glad we're able to talk about it because an assumption fell into the equation and that just messes things up even more. I'm the queen of assumption myself. So to be able to ex- have the conversation explain, no, I did not go to coffee with another man. That's one of our ground rules is that we never go out alone with somebody of the opposite sex. And you missed the part of the story that I was in a group and I was mentioning this one guy because of, I can't remember, some connection from high school or something, but I was not alone with them. But if you hadn't have been able to share that, how you felt, we wouldn't have been able to like talk through the whole story. Yeah, the whole scenario. I think the unique thing is we've gotten to know about this bare wires concept. And it's not just a guy thing. It's a women Mm -hmm. thing, too. Guys tend to kind of try to hide their bare wires until they get hit and then watch out what happens. Mm -hmm. With women, on the other hand, if a bare wire gets touched off, it's not just one wire. It could be the entire fuse box. (laughs) I mean, you could just go, the whole city could light up. Because everything is tied to everything, and and those emotional connections to the past are really powerful, mm-hmm. especially if they've been wounded or broken or or shredded, and the, the the coping is not as good as it could be. So when something from the past really impacts you emotionally, realize that it is a bare wire that's been touched, and you need to work together to get that thing covered up coated, you know, put electrical tape on it, whatever you need to do to repair the bare wire so that there is a strong connection between you now. Yeah, because as our relationship has grown, I mean, especially early on, we'd be hitting bare wires in each other all the time because this was new. We're still learning about each other. And occasionally it happens now and then. Yeah. Yeah, because still, even though we've been at this for almost 15 years, there are still lots of history that we're still building. Right. And, you know, they don't happen as frequently, but they still happen. 
Mm-hmm. And when they do, it's like, ooh, that yeah, that's a bare wire you just touched. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and then we extend grace to each other. And yeah, like you said, we can talk about it. And then it's it doesn't build up into something bigger than it really is. So that leads into another term that... I, I, oh boy, this is so hard to talk about, especially as a guy, because it's, it's dealing with really kind of exposing myself when... There's something kind of rolling around in my head, and I really don't want to talk about it because it's a little embarrassing. It maybe feels like, man, that's a weakness. Uh, what's wrong with me? No, let's don't even bother with it. Do I rock the boat? Uh, because it's an assumption that I, I'm thinking of poorly about myself. And in this situation, the circumstance happened to be when we were on our honeymoon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thought, oh, yeah, what, what a perfect place to talk about something deep and sensitive that could cause an argument. That, what better place than on your honeymoon, you know? Don't make that mistake, people. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. <laughs> you know, wait till it's a good time to talk about sensitive issues. But the, the long story short was is that I had a real problem with suspicion. And, you know, when I was started to try to talk to Brenda about it, I was stumbling and fumbling. And she thought she was looking at me like, what are you, a murderer or something? You know, because I was having such a hard time getting this out. And I eventually said, no, Brenda, it's, it's suspicion. And, and before I started this whole conversation, the terminology was, I have an open door. I need to open a door to you. So open doors has everything to do with me opening the door up from the inside out to my spouse to invite them in to a very sensitive place in my heart. It has everything to do with vulnerability. And vulnerability is not weakness. It's actually a strength. The more vulnerable you are with one another when it's safe and it's trusting is a strength. It creates more trust. It creates more safety. Uh, but getting that door open is, is a choice on your part, not them. If they force their way in, it isn't going to go well. That's going to have a big fight. But these open doors tend to be mental connections to the past. And those mental connections to the past have a lot to do with how we believe. And then how we believe leads to how we behave. Mm. And in those situations, those open doors between us, definitely, when the timing is safe, open them up, invite one another in, because that builds intimacy. So do you think men are the ones that have more open doors, or do women have as many? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think guys probably have equally about as much as women, and maybe more, because guys don't want to open up. They don't want to be vulnerable. Now, some women, boy, they just, woof, all out. Yeah. It's, it's all out there, and, and you flood us with your open doors. I mean, behind that open door is a gusher of emotions, and that's not necessarily a good thing because then you flood me, and I don't know how to relate. But with guys, that's the very thing, don't you think, that women are waiting for? Yeah, I want your heart. But I think for women to be able to get all of their man's heart is when they do share, you know, and I always ask women this, how safe are you? I mean, if your guy shares, you know, a crazy story and and all you can say is, well, that's a stupid idea and I don't see you doing that. And, well, how do you think you're going to do that? I mean, just constant, like, slap down to your guy. Is he going to ever feel safe enough to share with you again? Well, I I don't think that I'm going to say a whole lot more to you if you just shut me down. As I wouldn't do and, that and honestly, to you. And honestly, yeah. if I shared something with you, I've opened a door to a very 
confidential part of how I really feel and I get that kind of response from you, you're not safe. You, you, just, you just basically might as well move to the other side of the planet. And I think women kind of do that and maybe, like you said, flood you with emotion or talking because we want to help you. We want to fix it. We, we think we have a better idea. Well, worse yet is, again, let me emphasize, yeah. you're not safe if I've shared something to you that's very, very precious to me. Mm-hmm. And you then turn around and use that information I just shared with you against me. Mm. Yeah. Now, wh- why would I hand you bullets to shoot back at me? I, th- th- that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And it happens all the time. And why then would I want to open a door? It's taken me so much time to get that door open. And then now you're on my yeah. face. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's why I'm curious if it's, you know, guys that open the doors or try to open the doors more than women or, but either way, whoever opens the door, most important thing is that you've got to feel safe to be well, able to share. Because yeah, I have I, the same thing. If I shared something with you and you just blew me off, it's like, well, I'm not going to share with you again. Right, right. Because the thing is, is that behind that open door in some situations, it's not just a mental connection to the past. It could be a traumatic mental connection to the past. Mm-hmm. So if that door gets opened, even a little crack and you're invited in, that is holy ground. You best just need to take your shoes off and walk real mm. softly and don't make a lot of commentary. That's where I need and that's where we need when those open doors open empathy more than any place else. Mm-hmm. And listening. Like we're doing right now. <laughs> listening. Yeah. I mean, the sign. I really hope you feel the weight of this, guys and ladies. Open doors is a really serious matter. And the king, I think the thing in conclusion on this particular term is, is that the more vulnerable, the more safety and the more safety, the more strength comes to the relationship. Yes. So the question yeah. is, would you rather be safe or vulnerable? Because if you remain safe, in the term of holding back and keeping the door closed, you you don't get what you really need. It is totally counterintuitive, totally. But when you do it, the rewards are high. Okay, we beat, yeah, the, we, we beat that one up. <laughs> okay, so in review, sneaker waves is a like a situational connection to the past, right? Okay. And then bare wires. Are emotional connections to the past. Yeah. yeah. Where open doors are mental connections to the past, where mm-hmm. I need to open up something mentally. Yeah. yeah. So let's go to the last the last yeah. item so here. We what, got, what are you wanting to do there? This is number four. Number four. And, and this is about habits and expectations. Okay, so, we talked about expectations a little bit last time, but yeah. this is this is where you have an old habit that you are dragging with you like a corpse <laughs> yeah. from the past relationships or your past, and it is old tape and it's like it's this is like on an eight track recorder for any of you out there that know what an eight track is they're old enough i don't know i mean our millennial friends uh you know who knows i i we can't let's just appreciate one another let's share one we had many old tapes that we still got old tapes because we're old i guess right but some of it is being able to recognize it and call ourselves on the old tapes but one one thing that just com- comes to mind is the whole garbage oh, yeah. story. You take the trash out. No, no, no you take you the trash No, you. Who took the trash out, like in family of origin? Was it mom or dad or the kids? And 
who took the trash out in your last relationship? And because I didn't do it, let's say my expectation is I'm not doing it now. There are children in the home. Make them take <laughs> out the right. trash. You know, this <laughs> is a stinky people. job. <laughs> Those people can take out the trash. You know, that's why they live here is to do the dirty jobs. <laughs> they make dirty stuff around the house. Why not have them do something that, you know. So taking out the trash could set off World War III when you're saying, hey, take out the trash. Well, really? So old tapes, new tapes, this is how are you going to reframe them to a new tape? How are you going to create a new habit and so that the expectation is then rewriting the script. So how did we do that, Brenda? <laughs> well, I remember there was one time I was in the kitchen. I said, hey, the garbage needs to be taken out. And then all of a sudden the kids just all disappear. So I think I was able to grab one of the kids and say, hey, would you please take this garbage out? And they, oh, yeah, okay. And they grabbed her from my hand and, you know, making the long trek, miles in the snow to the garbage can. Yeah, right? out the back door. <laughs> Big deal. You walked 15 steps. So out of the 15 steps, they hit about the fifth step. And what did you do? I blew up. I, I, I just like, this is ridiculous. So I thought, okay, I, I got creative and I thought, okay, how can I score points if I take out the trash and blow these kids' minds away, especially teenagers? And so the little secret between Brenda and I was this. Taking out the trash is like an aphrodisiac. If you need to look up that word, I'll just tell you, it is a way to come on to your wife. It brings sex appeal, guys. You look really sexy taking out the trash. You want to comment? <laughs> no, I'm laughing too hard. Go ahead. So taking out the trash became an aphrodisiac. So when the comment came, it's time to take out the trash, I would leap out of my chair, run to the garbage can, <laughs> grab that sack, and with glee, take the trash out. And the kids were like, what the heck is going on? Well, they didn't know because later on it was a great night. I mean, it woofie if you and get think, my drift. I think the kids finally found out when they read our book, oh, that's what was going because on. Because then once in a while the kid would get up and beat me to the trash can and I would literally rip it out of his hand and he was like, whoa, what's going on? I says, don't worry about it. I got this. And then later on they realized, so the secret yeah. was out of the bag. Ooh, that's a good pun. Yeah. But I think it's all about re redoing an old tape, an old habit, an old way you used to do something in your old relationship, your previous relationship. Remember, this is this is a new deal here. We need to create a new tape or a new DVD or a new Blu-ray or whatever the new technology is, that this is a new relationship. Right. And it's like, okay, that's what I did in the old relationship. I'm doing it here in this relationship, and it's still not working, so what's the common denominator? Gee, oh, it must me, be me. me. I must have to be the one that needs to change. Yeah, yeah. so in some situations, Gil or I would say, you know what, I'm going to call myself on an old tape. This is what I expect. This is what I used to do, and if we need to change it up here, let's let's change it up because it's for the sake of the marriage. Yeah, and yeah, we did. for the health of the marriage. Yeah. Okay, so... You so, know what? Oh, yeah, on oh, that final note, though, me. is you wouldn't know what my old tapes were, and I wouldn't know what yours are because... I don't know that I don't know. I don't know, know history. Exactly. I don't know that I don't know unless you tell me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes when conflict happens over stupid little stuff like the garbage, you really have to go, okay, wait, what's going on here? And is what's going on inside of me at this moment that this is you know, bringing conflict? Because we don't want conflict. Yeah, you can get more serious issues, but the, tr the trash is a pretty serious issue sometimes in some homes. And conflict isn't always bad. It's just how you deal with it. Conflict in, done in a healthy way really 
I builds empathy. Should, yeah. yeah, healthy so, healthy conflict builds empathy. But it's all how you how you frame it. it. How yeah. you frame it. Yeah. So again, we've talked about sneaker ways, bare wires, open doors, old tapes, new tapes. We've got four terms next time that we'll share with you. So yeah, when you when you run into these circumstances, and if something like Brenda said at the top of the the, the moment here is is that if there's a more creative term that that works between you and your uh, your spouse your partner, your love of the of your life, you want to keep them the love of your life, <laughs> come up with some creative terms. You're smart people. Come up with some neat stuff that, that helps reduce conflict. We're just trying to uh, prime the pump here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything you want to say final? I think we've got it. Okay, we've got it. So as you often now know, if we've got it, you will remember our favorite byline, which is... If you ain't got the marriage... You ain't got nothing. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on their website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.